bars and hoops, Lamont swoops back alley cats, the back door cuts with alley oops, posting up, you on block on mic and booth and kick it out to one who likes to shoot, oh yeah, said we merging them, got 50 with a surgeon and some dope acts like Snoop Dogg with Magic Irvin's and some more in like Master P and Dr. Irvin playing on how about maybe a little Wayne speaking on bird back then, bars and hoops y'all, we hitting up all courts, but now with the sports talk, next we talk all sports, back to it. Got Jada and Jamal Croft, haters get crossed out, crossed up across all actual facts, points of view that you've never seen from your favorite artists like talking about Jevil Green or Gerald Wallace, whoever's on your favorite team, L I mean on the verse and still be great on the name for being H. Drake's opinion on spates, one synopsis of Blake, tip on Horford's fate, the facts we giving them straight, the truth they shitting on tape, who sports snakes for a sake, so true or you can debate on who you really done rate, come through it really be great, the true the fat like a state, AAM on Prime 8, please remember, bars and hoops, the center of the hood, make it part of your agenda. What up, what up, what up, y'all? Bars and Hoops, Steals the Great, episode 25. Man, what's going on, people, man? It's going to be a quick, short episode. You know what I mean? We're going to pretty much get into everything that's going on, you know, post the NBA Finals, heading into draft, the NBA draft, which is taking place this Thursday, you know, June the 22nd. A lot of moves and a lot of deals are going to be made. A lot of deals have been made so far, man, and it's going to be a crazy Wild Western style free agency, man. A lot of guys and a lot of players are going to be moving. You know, everybody's trying to stack up to match up to what the Golden State Warriors were able to accomplish, man. I mean, when you look at it, they're already the favorites, you know, to win the championship next year. And that's crazy. You know what I mean? Golden State is already the favorites to win again next year, which, you know, you can't really argue with, man. Adding the guy like Kevin Durant to that mix that they have. And the core that they already have makes them a dangerous team for many years. And the king himself has come to the realization that, you know, things have to change. And by the way that their core is set up with all those young guys, it's not going to change anytime soon. You know, guys like Damian Lillard has chimed in and basically said, you know, man, the rest of the league has got to do something. You know what I mean? So they're not ready to concede yet. You know, a lot of teams aren't ready to concede yet. A lot of teams are definitely trying to put themselves in a position to get to where the Warriors are at, man. And let's just get right to it, man. First on my list, man, you know, everybody that listens to this show by now, you pretty much know that I'm a diehard Nick fan. You know what I mean? Nick Nation all day. But, um, you know, what's been happening lately in New York and what's been happening for the past two, three years, man, since Phil Jackson has arrived is an utter embarrassment to not only the game of basketball, but to the NBA fans that pay their hard-earned money to come and watch the New York Knicks play. And I say that because, um, you know, if you look at all the moves and everything that's been transpiring as of late, you know, nobody has the New York Knicks on their radar at all. You know what I mean? And rightfully so. You know, with the way that the team is, the shambles and the dysfunction that's going on at MSG right now, who would want to come here, you know what I mean, wholeheartedly if it's not about money? But you got some guys that don't even want to come here for the money because it's not even worth it, you know what I mean? The latest drama in New York, man, is now Kristaps Porzingis versus Phil Jackson. I mean, we've seen this thing brewing from, you know, the end of the season for the Knicks when Porzingis basically skipped out on exit meetings to go to Latvia 
You know, he had a press conference basically saying that, um, you know, he's going to play for the Latvian national team in the Olympics against the Knicks' wishes. He pretty much has lost all respect for Phil Jackson. And I think that a lot of his stance had something to do with, you know, kind of trying to stick up for Carmelo Anthony, and I commend him for that. You know what I mean? Because, you know, it's, it's a shame at how, you know, Phil Jackson has attacked his players in the media. You know what I mean? This is, this is a new generation of players. This isn't Mike. This isn't Kobe. This isn't Shaq. This is a new day. The players have a lot of control, and the players have a lot of say-so in a lot of these situations. And the way that Phil Jackson approached the situation with the Knicks as a whole, for one, you're not the coach. You're the president. You're the president of the basketball operations. Your job is to bring players in. The players play, and the coaches are supposed to coach. The president isn't supposed to dictate what system guys are supposed to run. The president isn't supposed to be just looking for one type of player because obviously, like every president, you have a tenure. And once your tenure is up, somebody else is going to come into play. Now, basketball is basketball. It doesn't matter what type of system it is. You know, if you can play basketball, you can adapt to any system. But the particular system that Phil Jackson is trying to implement here in New York Quite frankly, none of the players want to play it. So you adapt your game plan according to your player's strengths, you know? And I never got that with him. And he's just making himself look really bad at the end of the day, man. Across the league, you know, people are looking at the Knicks as a laughing stock, man. It's like, it's incredible, man, at how, how much this guy's ego has gotten in the way of him actually coming here and doing a job. Now, if your job was just to come here and you know, deflect bullets from James Dolan, the owner, then shame on Dolan. And as a Nick fan, I would I would encourage Nick fans to not even buy into the product. Forget going out there and protesting. You know what I'm saying? We already tried that. We already did that. It didn't really work. You got to start hitting the man where it hurts in his pockets because no matter how bad the Knicks have been for so many years, people still go out and support that product. So... On one hand, you got to blame the fans. On the other hand, you definitely got to blame James Dolan. And bringing Phil Jackson in, he was brought here to try to, you know, lift the culture up, change the toxic environment that has been created for many years of blunders. And it just seems like he just added more fuel to the fire. And it seems like he really doesn't care. He doesn't care what anybody has to say. He's going to do what he wants to do, and that's that. So the latest drama now with him and Kristaps Porzingis he basically came out and said, no one is untouchable. And they're going to field offers for, you know, possibly moving Kristaps Porzingis before the season starts. Now, I'm not going to lie. I, for one, have been saying this for the past, you know, six months. You know, I, I looked at, you know, how Kristaps Porzingis has been moving as of late. I mean, you could tell that he obviously likes the New York lifestyle likes the perks that comes with playing in New York, but he has this certain arrogance about him that I just automatically knew from the gate he was going to be a problem, especially after the Carmelo situation and after the way that he's come out in the media. And, you know, he hasn't held back his tongue. And, and, and I, I commend him for that. You know, you don't hold your tongue for anyone. You know what I mean? You speak and say what's on your mind, especially if you're a star player. Star players should get certain treatment. But with him being in the second year, he really hasn't done much. He's been injured a lot. You know, he hasn't led us to the playoffs. He hasn't done anything yet to garner that type of respect and leeway that he's been getting 
ever since arriving here in New York. You know, after the exit meetings, I definitely said it's time for the Knicks to start fielding, you know, trade offers from. I, for one, has always, have always said, and I've been on record as saying that, okay, if you want to get rid of Melo and you want to start over, find a way to package Porzingis too. Because when the Knicks lose next year and the year after that, he's going to be so frustrated with the media and the fan base, he's going to walk on New York. So while you still have control of the situation, you still own the rights to him. And I hate saying that because it sounds like, you know, these players are, 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 are trade stock and, you know, that's just how the whole system seems like it's structured and the way that people talk about it in that manner, it just seems like you're auctioning off cars or you're dealing with pieces of meat or something like that. But it is what it is. The fact of the matter is the players pretty much control their destiny nowadays. You know, the money is so great that, you know, endorsement dollars um, pretty much, you know, dictates everything, you know, with these players, you know, the TV deals. This is why the players are getting so much money today. You know, that ABC deal for the next couple of years has, you know, the average player on the bench making a nice piece of change. You know what I mean? And, and I'm all for that. I'm all for the players getting their money. And it's not a big deal because the owners make 10 times more than the players make. You know what I mean? Owners cut their checks. So what does that say the owners get? You know what I mean? But back to the Phil Jackson KP situation. Phil Jackson has come out and said that, you know, the Knicks are willing to get rid of Porzingis. It's a prideful move on Phil Jackson's part because he wants to control the asylum. You know what I mean? He wants to control the asylum. He doesn't want anybody that is rebellious to him, which I don't like. You know what I mean? You got to give people freedom to express themselves. You, you can't have, what do you expect? You want a bunch of robots on the court that you just program and tell them to do what you want them to do? Come on, man. This is 2017, man. The way that the world is has changed. The way that basketball is played has changed. And that's, Bill Jackson's biggest problem. He can't deal with the fact that no one has ever won using the triangle outside of him and Tex Winter. Tex Winter is no longer here. Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Shaq, and Kobe are all retired. Those are the only guys that you won with this system with. Keep it that way. You know what I mean? Keep it that way. You know, you've obviously made disgusting moves since you've been here. The Joe Kim Noah deal is an albatross to the franchise. You know, the Derrick Rose signing turned into a disaster. You know, now your prize draft pick that defines you as a president of basketball's operations has now turned on you. Your star player has turned on you, you know, and you just look ridiculous out here, man. But, you know, lo and behold, here we are. What are the Knicks going to do? What is Phil Jackson going to get back in return if he does decide to move Chris Porzingis? You know, for me... I wanted the Boston number one pick, but Boston, as everyone knows, dealt the number one pick to the Philadelphia 76ers, which was a shrewd move because they got future first-round picks from Philadelphia as well as second-round picks. So Boston, Danny Ainge has been wheeling and dealing. We all know that the Celtics aren't really pressed for young talent. They have enough young talent on the team. They need firepower, and they need veteran leadership. They need other scorers outside of Isaiah Thomas. Kristaps Porzingis fits that bill. They need a small forward. He plays like a small forward, even though he's 7-3. So he'll give you some rim protection. He'll give you that outside shooting, and he'll give you another scorer that you need. Granted, you know, you're trading him in the division, but hey, man, at the end of the day, 
He doesn't want to be here. He's going to end up walking. Their best bet is to take what Boston to give you. If they want to add, if you want to add Carmelo Anthony to that mix, I would too. That would instantly make Boston the favorite in the East. I don't care if Cleveland is there, but a lineup with Isaiah Thomas, if you could keep Bradley, Porzingis, KP, you know, Al Horford, you know, that's a formidable team in the East, and they instantly become a credible threat to the Cleveland Cavaliers moving forward. You know, you know, I I, I definitely want to see the Knicks get some decent talent in this year's draft. I mean, there's a lot of players, you know, that people are saying that this is one of the deepest drafts in a long time. I mean, that remains to be seen. You know, everyone, you know, Markel Fultz is no surprise. Everybody's saying he's going to be the number one pick. You know, everybody outside of that is a toss-up. I mean, De'Aaron Fox is good. You know, he's good. Alonzo Ball, you know, I'm not really too high on him. You know, he did remind me of Jason Kidd, but after that Kentucky um, tournament game where De'Aaron Fox basically ate his lunch and Lonzo didn't even look interested, that turned me off with him. And, and I can't lie, his father also has something to do with how I look at him as well. You know, it's a shame, but that's just the reality of it. If you look at his father, he's a great dad. He's a great dad. He's a horrible businessman. Because, um, you know, Lonzo turned down those sneaker deals, you know, to create his own big baller brand. But LeVar created the big baller brand. His son basically has no choice but to ride with his dad. But the damaging effects can last much longer than everybody's really thinking. You know, if you look at the fact that, okay, you have two more sons. You have a middle son that's going to college. And you have the youngest son, LaMelo, who's still in high school. Apparently, they're all going to follow Lonzo's footsteps with the whole big baller brand. Now, you basically blackball them, you know, for any type of future endorsement deals. Nobody's going to line up to give any of them an endorsement deal if they turn out to be that good. Just to just to spite you, just to show you that you're just one person. And I hate to say it that way because, you know, I'm for everybody getting this. I'm not a hater. If you got a, if you got something out there that's 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 good enough for the world. Go for it. But you also should know the realm that you're in and the game that you're playing. You know what I mean? And how to play that game. And I think that the balls showed their hand too early. If I was Lon if I was LeVar, I would have made Lonzo sign that deal with Nike. You know what I mean? Get that money up front. Funnel some of that money into your sons now that have to come behind him. You can create big baller brand off of the money that Lonzo's getting from one of these big sneaker companies for you now to build your brand up. But you wanted to put the horse before the carriage. You wanted to get all the publicity. You wanted to be on TV. You wanted your 15 minutes of fame. And you wanted your son to go to the LA Lakers, which is still a toss-up, even though they saying LA is, is high on him. I mean, there's been reports that said that they weren't really too high on him after he had workouts. They said he came in looking at it. He was out of shape. That's a red flag to me already. He's supposed to come in laser sharp. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're bidding for the number two pick and you done told other teams that you're not going to work out for them, how dare you come to any type of workout looking out of shape? You know what I mean? So that just goes to show me that he may not be what everybody thinks that he's going to be, you know? I definitely don't think that he's going to be the best player out of this draft. You know, as of now, the way things look, it may be Markel Fultz after all, and I wasn't too big on him. But I had a conversation with the gentleman Chris Miles from uh, NBC Sports, D.C., and he said that Fultz is the real deal. 
You know, he said the ceiling for Fultz is Penny Hardaway. That's interesting. That's scary because Penny Hardaway in his prime before the injuries was a problem. And if Fultz can carry that bill, man, Philly is going to be a problem, you know, for the next coming years. And they're building up already, man. Those Colangelo boys know what they're doing. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's just going to be pretty interesting moving forward in the East. So that's one thing. Another situation that's brewing, you know, is the Paul George situation. You know, Paul George basically informed, you know, the Pacers that he's going to probably, you know, take his talents elsewhere when his contract is up, namely L.A. And look at the Magic Johnson effect. Now, this just goes back to my Phil Jackson point. Nick fans, that's that's the type of president that you want in, to run your organization. You know, look at the instant credibility that Magic Johnson has given the Lakers. Everybody wants to come to L.A. now. There's all types of rumors swirling around, and we'll get to that a little bit later, but Magic Johnson's presence has automatically changed the face and the culture of that franchise. Granted, they are a winning franchise. Let's not, you know, overlook that. But they haven't been that great even before Kobe Bryant, you know, retired. They were a team in flux, passing the baton from the old to the new generation. It hasn't necessarily worked out. But, you know, with Magic there, the sky is bright again. And the fact that all of the draft picks that's projected top three or top five, they love to play for L.A. You know what I mean? Look at Paul George. I mean, the rumors were always there that Paul George wanted to go to L.A. to play, but he, he came out a year ahead of time to tell the Pacers, look, I'm going to L.A. Come on, that's unheard of. You know what I mean? That's unheard of, man. And that just shows the power of, you know, having a great president or a person that can draw the attention of these stars of today. You know what I mean? Phil Jackson, when he first came here, I thought that he was that guy. I can't lie. I was the one that figured, like, yeah, he'll just throw those rings on the table and guys will come flocking here because it's New York. It's Phil Jackson, 11 rings, your coach Michael Jordan. I thought him and Carmelo would be a uh, marriage made in heaven. But apparently it hasn't worked. Magic Johnson has the L.A. Lakers on the up and up. And what makes it even worse is that Phil has to watch Jeannie strive and do well without him on her side. I know that's got to hurt, but, hey, it is what it is. So the latest rumor is Paul George possibly going to L.A., you know, when his contract is up. You know, whether it's something that was brewing for years, the fact is is the Lakers know that they don't have to give up anything for Paul George. They can sit there and wait for him. And that's kind of like what Melo should have did, but Melo wanted his money, and that's that. You know what I mean? But the Lakers basically know they have a small forward slash shooting guard and Paul George headed their way no later than next year. So they can build and put pieces in place and just drop Paul George right in place, and then they're back to prominence. They're back to making the playoffs. Who knows if they'll challenge the Warriors, but that remains to be seen, and that's very interesting. That's an interesting situation. As for now... You know, Cleveland has um, been pretty busy. You know, they got rid of their GM, which I felt was wrong. You know, he did. He basically did everything that LeBron wanted. You know, rumor has it is that, you know, they got rid of him because he wanted nothing to do with Carmelo Anthony. He wanted nothing to do with trading Kevin Love for Carmelo Anthony. The name that pops up on the radar now to fill that GM spot is Chauncey Billups. And I love that. I love the idea that, the Cavaliers are looking to get younger, 
get some younger voices in these in these rooms with these new generation players. And it's a message that most of these young guys can relate to because they grew up watching guys like Chauncey Billups miss the big shot, winning championships, playing tough-nosed basketball. You know what I mean? And Chauncey is on record to saying that he would he would have traded Kevin Love for Carmelo Anthony. So it remains to be seen what happens in Cleveland, man. You know, they're already talking about trying to package, you know, a deal to get Paul George even without the guarantee of him re-signing. So it just seems like they're desperate to compete again with the Warriors. I mean, I guess they felt like they were one piece away of beating the Warriors, but, you know, maybe they were. Kevin Durant was the game changer for the Warriors because if he wasn't there, Cleveland would have probably spanked um, Golden State. I can't even lie. But the addition of Paul George would change things. And the way that the Warriors play, they play small balls. So a, a lot of these traditional big men that, you know, even in today's game, these guys don't play with their basket. They're back to the baskets anymore. They're jump shooting predominantly perimeter players. You know, maybe Cleveland is on to something. They figured like, hey, we got to match up with the Warriors, man. That's the standard right now is the Golden State Warriors. So everybody's going to start building teams in the mold of trying to compete with what Golden State has. They have shooters. They have guys that can put the ball on the floor. And they have a lot of versatility. But they also play defense, too. So if you're not playing defense and you're just relying on offense, chances are you're not beating the Warriors. You know what I mean? But Cleveland, they're trying to throw their hat in the ring to get Paul George. Even if it's for a rental for a year, they're trying to do it. You know what I mean? Because I don't imagine Paul George staying in Cleveland. You ever been to Cleveland? I have. And, you know, I'm not going to get on Cleveland. It is what it is. Tough-nosed city. You know what I mean? But I see Paul George going back to the palm trees of L.A. He stayed in Indiana for a while. Was loyal. They were loyal to him after he had his horrific injury. Now he's ready to go home and he's ready to be around Magic Johnson. And I don't blame him. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't blame him one bit. You know what I mean? Next up, you know, the LeBron James to LA thing. Is it is it real? I mean, you got articles coming out now saying that, you know, LeBron's wife wants to live in LA and palm trees, whether it's with the Clippers or the Lakers. Let's take a deeper look at that. I mean, let's see. If if he goes to the Lakers, right? Let's just say they, they they draft Lonzo Ball. You know, LeBron and Paul George comes to the Lakers next year. Where does that put the Lakers? They have Ball, James, Paul George. You know, is that enough to beat the Warriors? I don't know. But now it starts to get interesting. Let's just say, you know, Carmelo Anthony. I'm just speaking hypothetical now. This, you know, financially, I don't know how it will work out. But let's just say they can make it work. Carmelo Anthony gets a buyout from the Knicks because it looks like that's where things are headed. It's headed that way. You know, Melo's probably not going to agree to any trade right now because of, you know, all the things going on in his life. Every time I turn around and I see him on social media, he's in that gym, and he got his son with him in that gym. So family means everything to him. So I don't necessarily see him, you know, leaving his family with the state of the Knicks right now, with the state of his life right now. I really don't see him leaving. But let's just say he does. He goes to L.A. LeBron, Melo, Lonzo Ball, Paul George. That's a pretty formidable lineup. You know, somebody's going to have to come off the bench, and it'll probably be Melo. But then again, who knows? It all depends on if Melo 
turns over a new leaf in life because, you know, I don't see him really going to a team to be a, a third wheel or just, you know, try to win a championship like how David West and those guys did for the Warriors. I, I think that he he's content with his career, where he's gone, where he's gone, where he's come from, and what he's accomplished on a business level. Plus, he has aspirations outside of basketball. But an interesting scenario like that can happen. Let's just say Chris Paul decides to jump ship from, you know, from the Clippers to the Lakers. Remember, uh, David Stern nixed that original deal where Chris Paul was supposed to go to the Lakers. You know what I mean? To play with Kobe Bryant. Who, who knows if Paul, you know, would say, you know what, man, let me team up with my buddy LeBron in L.A. That'll still be a formidable lineup, you know, for the Warriors to have to deal with. And I like CP3. You know what I mean? He's definitely, he'll definitely chomp at the bits for a chance to beat the defending champions. With all the drama and all the stuff that he's been through with Steph Curry, all the memes where they pretty much had him break dancing with Steph had him on skates. I'm pretty sure that he'll be chomping at the bits to go and team up with LeBron and Paul George in LA to pretty much face the Golden State Warriors. You know what I mean? That'll be a hell of a matchup. That'll be a great match. That's must-see TV. With Carmelo coming off the bench, because if he gets his buyout and he decides to go to L.A. where he does have a home, by the way, that would be a scary, scary, scary team. You know what I mean? The rest of the league would be terrible. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's only like, again, four teams to watch. But then you have a lot of rumors going on in San Antonio. Chris Paul may go to San Antonio as well. You know what I mean? Blake Griffin may go to Oklahoma City. You know, Carmelo may end up agreeing to a trade to go to the Portland Trailblazers. You know what I mean? It's so many different variables that can happen during this offseason that makes this season such a juicy season coming up because everybody and their mother is gunning to beat the Warriors. You know, you, you're going to have teams coming together just for that sole purpose. Just like they came together to beat LeBron. You know, and all of this LeBron, let's just get to that. All this LeBron talk about it, he's never played on a super team. It's like, come on, man. Give it a rest, bro. You you did play for a super team. Granted, you took the weak-ass Cavaliers teams to the finals a couple of times. You got swept by Cleveland. I mean, you got swept by San Antonio. Your roster, granted, was filled with, you know, guys like Zadruna Silgowskis, Danielle Marshall, Wally Zerbiak, Booby Gibson. You know what I mean? You had You had some aging veterans on your team to help you. It wasn't like you just took a bunch of rookies to the finals. You had some help. He had a little bit of help. But, you know, to today's standard, that team was trash, and they'll get trashed by anybody, you know, uh, competing for a championship today. You know what I mean? You left Cleveland. Even though they built the team in Miami, the core of that team was built around yourself, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh, who were all at the top of their game when they came together in their prime. They went to four straight finals together. You know what I mean? Come on, that that's that was a super team. That was a team that was formulated with three all-stars. That that started this whole three all-star thing. Everybody saying, oh, we gotta have a big three. Everybody's quick to jump on the whole Boston situation. No, that was a trade. Kevin Garnett, you know, Ray Allen, those are all trades to Boston to go play with Paul Pierce. You know what I mean? And and they were on a decline. 
because they only they only got it that one year that they came together and that was it. After that, the league caught up to them. Guys got older, and you know the game surpassed those guys. But LeBron, you you did play on a super team with Golden State. That was a team that was drafted. Those guys were drafted together, and KD basically decided, I'm going to break the NBA, I'm going to break the league, and I'm going to sign with a team that's already ready-made, and I'm just the perfect piece. Because I can't I can't lie. As much as I hated the deal, he fits them perfectly. You know, no disrespect to Harrison Barnes and Maurice Spates and those guys that got traded that won the 73 games. You know, KD is just a better fit, man. When you look at it, He's just a better fit. And they just have a better team all around, man. Guys like Sean Livingston, you know, Andre Iguodala, those guys played their heart out, man. You can't take that from those guys. They played tough. They played hard. They deserved to get the championship, and they won. Fair and square. You know what I mean? LeBron had help. And I hate these people talking about, oh, LeBron didn't have help. He has Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love, man. You know what I'm saying? He has two All-Stars. Again, another ready-made team. He came back to Cleveland because he knew that Kevin Love was going to come there with him. So don't make it seem like, oh, LeBron is the victim here. Like, he started this, jumping from team to team. And his plan was to go back to Cleveland with a young team, a young core, just like he broke down the Golden State situation. They have a young core with players all in their 20s. You try to do the same thing in Cleveland. You've seen Kyrie coming up. You know Kevin Love was a budding star, you know, in Minnesota. I mean, coming here, his game got exposed, but hey. You know, you t- you rolled the dice. You made that decision. And I do really think that LeBron is going to leave Cleveland now. I really think he is because I know that he knows deep inside that they're not beating Cle- they're not beating Golden State. You know what I mean? Unless they can get a major upgrade. You know what I mean? And moving Kevin Love may be tougher than people think. Kevin Love won't survive here in New York. I'm sorry. The media and the fan base, including myself, will eat him alive. He's soft. His game changed. He's not that double-double machine that he was in Minnesota. When he was that double-double machine, even though he's grabbing, he's probably grabbing double-digit rebounds now, but he played more in the paint while he was in Minnesota. Here, not so much. You know, he's out here, you know, spotting up for three, and, you know, he's just, it's just a mess, man. It's just a mess, and, and I'm not sad for them. You know, you made that bad, brother. You made that bad, for sure. Now you got to land it. Moving along, you know, the Celtics, now that they traded, you know, the number one pick to Philly, they got some extra picks. They now have the third pick in the draft, this year's draft. Rumor is they're trying to wheel and deal that trade, that pick in the trade for somebody like Jimmy Butler. Now, chances are they're looking to dangle that number three pick for Kristaps Porzingis. You know, they're looking to basically, the Celtics are looking to make big moves. They're looking to trade that pick for either Jimmy Butler, Kristaps Porzingis, and they kind of know that they're a shoo-in to sign Gordon Hayward in the offseason. So Boston is coming. Never mind the trade speculation I said earlier with sending KP and Melo to Boston. They know for a fact that Brad Stevens is going to be reunited with Gordon Hayward, who was his player at while he was at Butler. You know what I mean? That's a given. And I think Gordon Hayward fits there. But they also say that Gordon Hayward may end up going to Miami. You know, so Pat Riley is throwing his, hand, his, head in, his hat in the ring. You know, it's going to be very, very interesting, man, come Thursday and moving forward to see what these teams will actually do. Me, my eyes are going to be glued 
to the television, man, because it's going to be very interesting. You know, it's a given that, you know, Golden State, in my eyes, you know, they won these last, they won two out of the last three championships. Andre Iguodala was, was a key player in the last championship they won. Besides this one, he was the MVP. Now KD was the MVP this year. But, you know, I think that he satisfied his championship goals. You know, he's won two. Now I think it's going to be more about the money. And I, I, I really don't think that, you know, he's too fond of being, you know, fourth, fifth fiddle. You know, even though he plays hard, he does what he want to do. But I always remember him saying that he doesn't mind coming off the bench as long as they're winning. Well, they won already. You know, now I think that it's more about getting paid before his career is over. So I think that Andre Iguodala will probably be the first one to leave um, the Warriors organization probably this summer. You know, KD has already come out and said that he's willing to readjust his – he renegotiate his contract so that they can keep the core guys together. Now, the core guys may be Clay, Draymond, Steph, and him. You know, AI may be the odd man out. You know, who knows? I just know that they don't have enough money for all of them. And the second guy that I'm worried about that I know for a fact – felt the way when KD first came there was Klay Thompson. He was the first one to come out and say his shots aren't going to change. You know, adding KD is going to have to fit into the team concept. You know, at first I thought it was Draymond that was going to fill away, but it was Klay. And, you know, Klay wants to be the man of a team. He He's another one. He has two championships already. Now he probably wants to go out there and make a name for himself as an all-around player and an all-star. I mean, he's broken records for three-pointers, points in the quarter. Clay is a decent player, man. And maybe life outside of Golden State, you know, will help his career flourish market-wise. You know, every player wants to be like Mike endorsement-wise. You know what I mean? Clay is no different. He's human. You know, these players and, you know, coming up as a kid, man, other guys would always look at what the next person has. Like, yo, he's really not that good, man. I'm better than him. So it's natural for him to feel the way that he feels, and I don't blame him. Go get your money, young fella. You got your championships. You did something special in Golden State. I expect him to go get his money. You know what I mean? That's the day that that's the day that we're in today, man. It's about the money, man. It's all about the money. You know, <laughs> the problem is that some teams have money and guys don't want it. That's the Knicks situation right now. So, you know, with that being said, man, it's time to wrap this episode up, man. Again, man. You know, I'm keeping my eyes tuned to what's happening. You know, heading into the draft, there's going to be a lot of moves made. There's going to be a lot of players, you know, changing addresses. And it's going to be pretty interesting, man, to see how this whole Knicks situation pans out because it doesn't look like Phil Jackson is going to budge. And it definitely doesn't look like Kristaps Porzingis is budging. You know, it's a shame that they haven't even spoken since the season has ended. That's a major red flag right there. You can't, you know, that's like you in a relationship with somebody and y'all get into one argument. And from that one argument, y'all just see each other every day, you live with each other, and you just don't talk. I mean, eventually that's going to hurt your relationship. And eventually somebody's going to end up being fed up to the point where it's time to walk. And I think that that's where the Knicks situation is right now. If they can get something for him. And I hate the fact that Phil Jackson is the one behind the helm making these decisions. But it is what it is, man. He has two more years left. We can't cry over spilled milk anymore. But I really hope that if they do make the move to move Porzingis, they bring somebody back 
that's going to be worthwhile as far as draft picks, if they're getting a player that they have to take back in a, in a move to get a high draft pick, hopefully it's somebody that can contribute and not just a name that's going to be on the bench collecting a check because, quite frankly, we're tired of New York and it's time for us to see a winning product on the court. So on that note, Bars and Hoops, episode 25, Stills the Great, signing off. Peace.